the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. We could talk about LeBron James opting out of his contract. Um, look. I don't blame them. You only have so many years to be a professional athlete. Uh, in football, what's the average career? Three years or something like that for the average person? Not for Eli Manning or Peyton Manning or who have you. Um, it's just not that long for a guy who you know pushes each other around, knocks each other in the heads, and uh, they've been doing that for you know already 15 years, and then they do it professionally at the highest level. I don't blame people going for money. Um, you're worth everything someone's willing to pay you. And again, that's not being greedy. So LeBron James is going to opt out of his contract so that he can get a one-year contract. The most interesting thought here to me is what if he goes to L.A.? He can make a lot more money in L.A. than he can in Cleveland with endorsements. Um, would he be the world's most evil player because he told Cleveland he's going to try to bring them a championship? And there's a whole contract TV negotiation thing coming up next, not this year, but the following year. Um, now's the time to make a move and sign one-year deals. He's got enough money to last him until the day he dies in case something catastrophic happens. Um, but you too. You should look at yourself as LeBron James. Uh, oftentimes on the show I'll say, look, if you make $100,000 a year, let's just do simple, simple play here, okay? Um that means you make a million dollars every 10 years. That means you make $4 million in your career. And that takes you from 20 to 60. Now you've got to go from 60 to 85. And you start seeing like, uh-oh, inflation's still going to be going up and you know costs are still going to be going up for a lot of things. Um, that should concern you. So you've got to make as much as you can when you can, in my opinion. Again, that's not being greedy, and certainly if you want to be social and uh, a great person, I think you can do that as well as earn money, but I get it. 
um, if you know that's your goal, just know that po that retirement's probably going to have some poverty tied towards it for you. Um, anyway, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me today, CFP Chad Burton. How are you? Excellent, Rob. What does a CFP do? Oh boy, what well, does it stand for Certified Financial Planner. Okay. Um, so yeah, you get to have you go through five courses essentially: taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing. You have to take a test in each course before you can move on to the next one, and then you take a ten-hour final exam. Really, ten hours? Yeah. Now, when I did it, was given over two days. Now for they've they're doing it over one day now, but um, it's fifty-five percent pass rate nationally. Okay. So you get a lot of disappointed people after the first try. And do they usually get it right the second try? Like SATs. I remember when I went to high school many, many, many years ago, you got to blend your scores. You got to take your best math and your best English. Does no, that sound right? Someone's asking me. I don't even remember taking the SATs. You probably didn't. You were a gifted athlete. <laughs> you, you got to ride your way into college. Oh, uh, no. And it's, um, it, you do get a chance. Yes, you do get to take it again. Okay. So... But do people pass? I, the I passed time? it on the first time. I've got five CFPs, all but one of them passed it on the first time. Okay. Um, and then, so it's given, I think, every November and then every six months. If you fail it a second time, I believe there's some other rules. I haven't looked at it, honestly, lately, Rob, for a while in terms of how many times you can fail it and then how long you have to wait next time. But once you do pass the test, you cannot use the designations yet. Okay. You have to have three years working experience, and now you have to have a degree. A three years working experience, not at Seven Eleven. No, you have to have in the business. Okay, so like a para planner. Para planner, yeah, associate advisor. Okay. Yep, you got it. Now, with that said, what's the difference between a CFP and like a stockbroker or a financial? Um, you know, someone at Solomon Smith Barney who calls himself a first vice president or something. They like have that. vice president of the southeast region of Kansas City. <laughs> something like that. Bogus. Yeah. Bogus, but people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. The vice president thing is a, it's ridiculous in this industry. I'm vice president of Salem Radio. <laughs> <laughs> right now, this hour, Whoops. we're both vice president, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Difference between a broker. Yeah, Are there even stockbrokers left anymore? I mean, when I was in the yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, there we go. That's, that's right. and I, there's there, my alarm. There's actually other people that I know in the industry. Um, I know people on my street who use Ameriprise financial planners. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the worst thing you could do. Let me give you a story okay. of that one. And sure. uh, so somebody I did very close to the family um, finally pulling the trigger on retirement. I said, well, at least let me look at what you have. I, do, I don't like taking on friends and family. Of course not. As, and I understand that. Yeah, because the last thing I want to do. Expectations are unrealistic. Not only that, but it dominates the conversation. Okay. So barbecuing, putting some steaks on, having a couple of beers. I don't want to talk money on the weekends. You know, I, I do it. 60 hours a week. So I said, well, at least let me look at who you're working with. Because I, 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 based on some of the things that I'd heard, like this just doesn't sound right. And the advisor was saying, yeah, you can retire. Go ahead and retire. You're going to be fine. And the reason why is because they were a commission-based advisor, and they were going to get paid 5 6% of the rollover amount. Ah, so it's like a 401k, 403b. Yeah. So, I mean, they see this big rollover amount. So they will blow smoke in places that you don't want them to blow smoke because they're doing it because that's when they get paid is that initial rollover. They get paid all up front because they're commission-based advisors. And unfortunately, some CFPs, certified financial planners, 
are also commission-based. And I think that there's a big push in our industry to not allow that. Um, so because our industry, really, most of the certified financial planners act as fiduciaries. We are forced, we, we set up a firm so that we're acting in the best interest of the client, putting the client first, charging either hourly fees, flat fees, or annual fees based on what we're managing. And in this situation, the guy was going to tell her to retire too soon because he was so looking forward to this big commission check on the rollover, on loaded mutual funds that are A shares, annuities that had seven, eight year surrender charges. Um, and, you know, yeah, you might be okay on your income next 10, 15 years, but once inflation kicks in and you realize that you're not able to keep up with the value of the dollar, which over time is cut in half every 18 years, it was setting this person up for a retirement that once they get into the mid-80s, their lifestyle drastically declines. And if they ever have any kind of health care cost issues, like long-term care, home health care needs, they were going to be in a horrible position. People can find you at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And you can find me at robblack.com. The supply and demand for those coveted dead tickets. Build is the band's last shows ever. Demand for tickets skyrocketed after the first public sale for the Chicago shows in February went in tickets. Uh, tickets sold out in minutes. That angered a lot of people. Um, I know your anger. I'm not a dead fan, but it does seem ridiculous to pay, you know, twice face, three times face, whatever. Uh, on the official site, the Fair Thee Well shows, the band posted an open letter to its fans addressing the high price and additional shows, right in part we've tried to do the right thing wherever we could by honoring the roots of where we came from while dealing with the realities of the current times, but that's hardly comforting when you're basically S out of luck for tickets and your only option is inflated prices on secondary ticketing websites. Um, some of the shows were running just at $1,200, but if you wait, if you wait, they came down to 190 bucks. 200 bucks. So don't instantly react. Don't jump and say, I gotta have these now. Be patient and good things come to you and investing as well as ticket scalping as well. Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Greece had a disastrous weekend, and their future is now finally <laughs> at the doorstep. Will they continue with austerity, oh, which has battered their economy even more, or will they opt to go, get out? Um, it's got a lot of people wondering... If they go bankrupt, what are the banks? What are the banks, and who are the, what are their exposure? The nice thing about this is this has dragged on so long that there's not a lot of bank exposure, or it's less than you would think, especially tied towards non-U.S. banks. I think it'll be a plus for the United States. I think you'll see money flow into the United States if Greece, whatever happens with Greece, to be quite honest with you, 
people don't want them to stay. People don't want them to go from the Eurozone. They got in back in 2000. Um, the prime minister has to go and his ruling party, in my opinion, he came in and said, you know, we're going to roll back the clock and we're going to give you everything back and you don't, you'll have everything you ever wanted. And it just proved again that you can't do that. So the market's going to get jolted maybe this week, maybe not. Um, the demon known is a lot better than the demon unknown. And it's actually kind of good to know um, it's not that big of a deal. The end of the bailout package may ultimately provide the political cover necessary for the European Central Bank to drop support for emergency financing. Um, I think Greece is in a bad situation no matter what happens. I think they have an aging population and their pensions have been cut and they will probably continue to get cut. So they also have, a, you know, the job market for people under 35 is horrendous, 50% unemployment. So there's not a lot of future. Um... I think they're going to have some social unrest. And that social unrest, like you see terrorism in Tunisia, you're like, I don't want to go to Tunisia. They shoot people on beaches there. Same thing with Greece. Now, Greece is going to hopefully shoot people on beaches. But, you know, honey, we just got married. Let's honeymoon in Greece on the Mediterranean. We'll make love and, and, you know, bond our marriage and our love for each other. And there's riots outside and people throwing trash at you. <laughs> like, no thank you. So Greece had a pretty disastrous weekend. Ford has created a bike that converts user experience into data. Um, the whole idea of the e-bike. So going from four wheels to two. Um, it's going to be a 200 watt motor powered by a 9 amp hour battery. Uh, riders will be able to bike at speeds up to 25 miles per hour with electric pedal assist. Ford is learning that, you know, some people want different things than the old-fashioned car, and they're going to try to build towards it. On one hand, right, they're right. On the other hand, we also want, like, our Apple devices in our, phone, in our car. So you're seeing more and more, you know, Google Drive and Apple Drive-type software being put into dashboards, and that's going to continue. Um, I don't know. Some studies have shown that Google harms consumers by skewing search results. This is important, yes. Uh, unfortunately, the research was funded by Yelp, a competitor of Google's. Uh, Google has a practice of promoting its own search services. Google is the subject of a long-running uh, antitrust investigation by the European Union. They just don't play nice. Uh, um, I don't know if I, I blame them. New research by two prominent academics suggests Google is harming Internet users and violating competition by skewing search results to favor its own services. Um, I don't think Yelp survives in the long run. Um, I think we've started seeing a slowing. Uh, So I think they're going to be a division of someone down the road. The demonstration of consumer harm is an important conclusion, they think. Um, But again, if you're sponsoring research against your competition, and you're whining that you're not whining. You're you're legitimately complaining that it's not you know that you're having problems because of it. That's not a good position to be in. Uh, pending home sales nine tenths of percent in May, the highest level since 2006. A sharp jump in interest rates may have deterred some home buyers in May. Signed contracts to buy existing homes, so-called pending homes, rose just nine tenths of a percent. Um, but again, highest level since 2006. Steady pace of solid job creation seen now for over a year is giving the housing market a boost this spring. 
Average contract interest, uh, average contract interest rate for a 30-year loan right now is about 3.6 percent. Um, now it's actually a couple months. That's a couple months ago, but now it's averaging a little over four percent. So interest rates are going up slowly, um, but they are trending higher, which means you could buy less home. Ford created that e-bike. Um, again, to me, that's kind of a neat story. Um, I like Ford stock at these prices. Um, for a value investor who's willing to hold and be patient and get a pretty big move outside the market m move. So if the market goes up 3%, I think you can get 6 to 8 on Ford. Uh, if the market goes down 3%, I think you'll be about break-even. Um, there's studies now that say that Apple Watch interest is starting to dissipate. Um, a lot of people feel it's a weak extension of their iPhone. Uh, the range is expected to be about 13 to 20 million units sold this year. It's not clear what the killer app is. But what's interesting is demand for the Apple Watch is about 20% higher than it was for the first iPhone. Um, it remains early innings right now for Apple in the category. The next generation of the Apple Watch could potentially help drive further demand, and it needs to. But in two years, Apple's watch could be... 8% of fiscal revenue. Um, we also heard news today that Apple is starting to manufacture the next phone. Uh, for savvy investors, I say, you know, don't rush out and buy an iPhone 6 right now. Wait till the iPhone 7 comes out. Give yourself three or four more months. Be patient. You'll get a much better deal. Uh, again, that's just my opinion, and I, I know I can't, I can't get you to do that. State governments have started to lighten up on credit, which is nice to see. For the first time in nearly 30 years, the overall level of state debt outstanding fell last year. The pace for borrowing likely to continue to ease. States continue to be reluctant to take on new debt with tight operating budgets, a slow economic recovery, and an uncertainty over federal fiscal policy. Expect debt levels to remain stable and even decline in 2015. Overall, state taxpayers were on the hook for about $509 billion last year. That's down about 1.2%, and I like seeing that. Um, some states are better than others at it. Massachusetts, Hawaii, New Jersey, and New York are just $3,000 of debt per person in each state. Connecticut's really high up there at $5,500. Uh, Nebraska has tax-supported debt of just about $10 per person. That feels pretty good. If everyone sends in 10 bucks, we could pay off our debt. Um, again, income's going a little bit higher, but also unemployment numbers easing has helped enormously. The big merger between Cisco and U.S. Foods has collapsed, um, so it's not going to be a big food delivery giant, but they're both still very, very big, and Cisco pulling back might be an opportunity uh, if you want, need that in your portfolio. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back.
talk strategy. Or as George W. Bush used to say, let's talk strategery. Are you tired of tons and tons and tons of paper? I am. I dated a girl once who said the most amazing, funny thing. This is, you know, okay, it's not the most amazing, funny thing, but it, it was very insightful. She said, and she was a millennial, she said, can you buy me some stuff? And I'm like, what do you want? And she's like, I want to get rid of all the wires in my house. I want to get rid of all the books. So she wanted a Kindle read reader, I guess. And she wanted to figure out how to get rid of clutter. And at the time, I just thought, like, you're kind of, um, what is the word, shallow? But I get it. Clutter just, it slows you down at everything you do. Uh, when it comes to productivity around your computer, productivity around your home, if you've got a dirty, messy bedroom. So a couple things that you want to do, in my opinion, things that you should never throw away. Get these things in your head. Buy a scanner, but things that you should never throw away. Death certificates, adoption paperwork, um, education records, marriage records, military records. When your filing cabinet is bursting at that point in time, in my opinion, you're done. I would put all those things in what is said to be a fire safe, fireproof safe. Throw it under your bed. You don't have to put money in there. Just It's, it's meant to survive a fire. <clears throat> um, then I would get a scanner and scan your tax returns, if that makes sense. Most accountants in this day and age and most groups that do your taxes will give you a PDF version of it. Put it in the cloud somewhere. Maybe it's in your Yahoo email account. Maybe it's in your Google Gmail account. Password protect the PDF, of course. You want to scan your investments. Put it in the cloud. Password protect it if that's what you want to do. You want to hold your capital gains tax reports in 1099 forms that you get investment income for, for at least three years. Tax returns for at least three years. I keep seven years of tax returns because I always seem to be involved in, like, hey, you need a loan for this. Hey, you need a loan for that. Um, other things to scan. IRAs. If you made a non-deductible contribution to an IRA, keep the records as long as the account is open to prove that you already paid tax on this money. With deductible IRAs and Roth IRAs, it's wise to keep track of your total contributions. Scan the document, put it in the cloud, password protect it, done. 401k statements, that's what you want to keep for sure. Um, save the end of the year statements and quarterly statements for the current year. You don't have to keep them all. I like to because it's like, when I was 25 years old, it was a very good year. I had $4,000 in my 401k. When I was 30 years old, I had 14000 And it keeps going, like, that's not real. Just so you know, I'm, I have a lot more money than that. <laughs> it's just making up numbers. Just making up numbers, that's not, that's not real. But um, to me, it's nice to see progression. It pays off. It shows me that things have, like, improved in my savings and my investments. And it takes me out of the moment and gets me the big picture. And again, have a good folder in an email system and... Have a good folder system in an email system, in an email account, and like, look at these things once a year. You know, when you do get your taxes back, take a look back on how much you made, take a look back on how much you saved, take a look at how your 
how much equity you've built in your home. Take a look at you know, how much equity you, uh, you paid down, per se. Uh, if you want to have fun, go to Zillow and see the value of your home. Tag it onto that document as well. Um, no harm in that. You want to look at pay stubs uh, as well. You want to you know, grab a couple of pay stubs a year, scan them. They say you want to keep three to six months of pay stubs. Um, you don't need to keep the copy of the paycheck. So to me, the pay stubs thing is for potentially getting loans. But again, scan them and throw the damn paper away. Shred it. Buy a scanner today. Buy a shredder today. Hey, look who my new sponsor is. It's the Scanner and Shredding Company. That was, that was the guy who knocked on my door this weekend. I said, go away. He wouldn't listen. So I threw him in the chipper. Bank statements. Three months if you plan to apply for loans. Have three months of bank statements. Otherwise, shred them after you balance them out. Credit cards. Hold on to credit card receipts until your statements arrive and you verify that the charges are correct. Keep the statement for three months, scan it, and delete it. Have a regular thing where it comes in, you, you scan it, you shred it. Um, checks. This is an important one because uh, I was listening to the commercials and someone talked about one of the new scams now is they, if they can get a physical copy of your check, they'll set up an auto-deduct, which a lot of companies do pretty easily. Um, so I hate checks. They drive me crazy. I hate paper checks. Um, they're so insecure. And uh, that bothers me enormously. We need to go digital, digital, digital credit cards. So checks, shred them once you balance the account, unless you need them for tax records, such as like uh, deduction. And again, that's where a scanner comes in beautifully. Let's say you go out and buy a scanner today. Scan the receipt for the scanner. Put it in your business deductions folder. Come tax time, ta-da! Life is so much easier. Loans, keep the statement of the current balance. Retain the final payment evidence for seven years. Um, I like looking at my... I, I've got what's called a digital vault that um, I store a lot of my stuff in, but even more importantly, it helps me look at like how many, what my you know net worth is with all my loans and all my equity and all my you know, stocks and investments and um, such. So you want to keep copies of insurance policies and premium payment evidence. Here's another thing. When you get that insurance policy, read it. You still have time to figure out if it's good for you or bad for you before the, the disaster hits. So, like, if you get a new health insurance, read what the deductibles are. If you don't know what coinsurance is, if you don't know what family obligations means, call the phone number. Write down 30 questions before you call. Get them all answered. But scan policies, shred it, <clears throat> and move on. Medical records, um, whether it be doctor bills, prescriptions, hospital bills, they should be kept for five years from the day of the service. Real estate records, I keep documents of the purchase, the sale, as well as receipts for home improvements. The improvements increase your cost basis, which can potentially lower your tax bill when it comes time to sell. So if you put in a patio for $5,000, you just saved some money when you go to sell the house if you have a gain. Um, 
a lot of people don't know that. So, and they just go, that construction guy came in and improved my house. I paid him $100,000. Well, that just helped your taxes, even if you didn't like the work. So, I don't know. I hope that helps. Uh, changing topics slightly. When it comes to investing, I look at things as slow and steady. I saw an email from a man who was 40-ish. I want to say 43-ish. And he had an okay amount saved. Not a lot. Um, I'd say like maybe 140 total, which he's on track if he wants to like live in Arkansas or Tonga. Um, Tonga where they, the number one drink is like Orange Crush, um, where the cost of living is super low. But he wants to go out and buy real estate. And uh, he, I'm like, you're not going to cash flow in an attractive area with that small amount of money. So you're going to be taking a huge amount of risk. He's trying to hit a home run. And uh, I, you just invest. You look at your budget. You save a little bit more. In times of rising prices, more volatile stocks are supposed to outperform. So as an investor, you need to learn slow and steady wins the race. Quit trying to hit home runs. Um, over the last five years, the S&P 500 when you rebalance it, has risen 78%, um, plus dividends, if you rebalance quarterly. Um, so it's good to rebalance, because less volatile stocks tend to pay out a fatter dividend. The lower volatility index has gotten even closer on the total return basis, rising to 117% for the S&P 500 versus 108% for the less volatile big dividend payers. Um, it's pretty striking. Slow and steady has its place, and it won't get you into as much trouble. Um, you know, there's like a S&P Dow Jones indices, um, sub-indices. Uh, you want to be careful. There's uh, one that I like, uh, the PowerShares Low Volatility ETF, ticker symbol SPLV. It's good for taking a look at what I would refer to as low volatility, um, not sexy, like not big moves up, not big moves down. Anyway, um, just throwing it out there for you, uh, that you could do very well by being very in cautiously intelligent. And that doesn't mean going into cash. I don't want you to ever be that cautious, ever. Unless the banks are giving you like 9 10% interest. I don't want you to like say, I'm selling everything and going to cash. I just knew, I knew the Greeks were going to do it. <laughs> Let's not trash them now. Now they really are down. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You can find me online at robblack.com. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. If you have any questions, drop me an email. Rob at robblack.com. <laughs>
Black talking money, investing, and more. Heading into the back half of 2015, Europe is an impasse. Greece is saddled with debts it can't pay its creditors. It's unwilling to hand over more cash without reforms. The creditors are saying no more cash. Um, China looks to be heading into a bear market despite massive monetary easing by its central bank as the economy slows. The consensus is thought to be that those problems are likely contained, but it's pretty rough. Um, subprime mortgages, you know, China kind of has them. Uh, they've lent a lot of money, and collectively they've spent a lot of money, but there's also a lot of debt to be paid back for the money that was lent. Uh, in the USA, the major market averages continue to hover around historic highs like a drone, and one of the prime factors keeping them there has been stock repurchases, although they're starting to lose a little bang with their buck. 20% of the S&P 500 companies have bought back stock in sufficient quantity to boost earnings per share by some 4% from the level a year ago. That provides a little bit of a tailwind going into the second quarter earnings reporting season, which begins in a few weeks. Buybacks are tailing off. The math is shifting as corporate bond yields creep higher, while earnings yields um, edge downward. So the arbitrage opportunity to borrow in the bond market to buy back stock has dwindled. The stock market has a dependence on credit markets and credit quality. Um, the much commented upon weakness of the Dow, Jans the Dow Jones Transport Index coincides with the backdrop in the 10-year Treasury, going from about 1.6% to 2.4%. Um, so there's some global growth concerns. There's still a thought that the U.S. looks pretty good. We're getting a stronger dollar, which should sap some of the goodness of um, worldwide revenues, which is okay. Um, I don't know. I think that's going into the back half of the year, that kind of feels to be the, the bigger thought. Again, how Greece plays out, it's going to probably have a pretty good clue on July 5th as they're holding a referendum on basically, do you want austerity, i.e., do you want us as a country to continue to cut what we've promised? Um, and or do you want to leave the European Union, which the Greeks say they don't want to leave so far at this point, but I'm not sure if that's going to hold forever. Um, take a look at some of the other stories of note today. Uh, I think, you know, we have to, again, tip the hat to China. I think that's a lot more important than, say, Greece is. Greece is great headlines. China would hurt if they do stop spending or if they have a debt implosion. Uh, today we're seeing weakness in global equity markets. We're seeing underperformance of information technology and financial services. You're seeing strength in utilities. When you see strength in utilities, it should be concerning. In large part because, 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 um, utilities represent, you have to pay your electric bill you have to pay your garbage bill every single month. And if you don't, you get screwed. They turn it off. This market's opened lower, went a little higher, and then went, continued to trend lower. Uh, pending home sales climbed to a nine-year high. Americans, though, can't sell stocks fast enough at this point in time. Um, even though we're near record highs, 
uh, Americans pulled about $60 billion from equities. The value of shares have climbed $527 billion, even though they've pulled $60 billion out. Uh, the total amount of stocks owned by households is $20 trillion. Americans have 41% of their financial assets in stocks, matching the high in 2007, and trailing only the internet bubble. It's a testament to the power of the six-year bull market that we've seen. Investors are busy cashing in shares and snapping up every bond in sight. Market's unrelenting appreciation keeps swelling. Equity holdings. Um, analysts are struggling right now to see where buying will come from to extend in advance, already showing signs of fatigue. A lot of, a lot of these statements. We've got saturated demand. Um, it doesn't mean equities can't continue to rise. What it says is that your valuation multiples will have a tough time. Now, I said this earlier in the show, and I'll say it again. If you're worried about valuation multiples, and I am on somewhat level, some level, you should look at a low volatility ETF like the PowerShares. Um, ticker symbol is SPLV. So it's the PowerShares low volatility stocks. If nothing else, look at the ETF and look at the stocks that it holds. It'll show you what cutting some risk out of your portfolio could look like. Now, again, I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm not on this earth to guide your investment policy. Um, I'm on this earth to remind you that you have to guide an investment policy and or you will have a very crappy retirement. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Novartis is buying biotech firm Spinifex, which specializes in pain management for about $200 million. Spinifex is currently owned by a venture capital firm here in the United States. Humana, Aetna, Signet, Anthem are on watch due to continued mergers and acquisitions. The Justice Department is going to review these deals so as to not hurt consumers. Amazon.com is expanding its small business loan program to eight more countries later this year, including China. Right now, the service is only available in the United States and Japan. I don't even know anything about that. Um, so I'm going to spend a little time today learning and brushing up on what that means. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, buy respected companies are considered. They're respected for a reason, whether it's Visa, Google, Berkshire Hathaway, or Disney. All very good names for the long-term patient investor. I'm Rob Black, talking about all things financial, money investing, and more. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.